We at Global Nomad Hacks are peace heroes. By playing Peace and Harmony program during this episode, we help create one million pockets of peace by dissolving stress and tension. To be your own peace hero and get your own copy, go to peaceandharmonydownload.com. Welcome back to Global Nomad Hacks. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to fellow travelers who have been having quite the adventure. They've been working with the Mercedes-Benz Vans team, driving across the country and exploring. And as many of you know, during this pandemic, a lot of us global travelers have hit the road rather than hitting the skies. And so this is going to be quite an opportunity to learn a little bit more about their adventure and about how to actually do that. And what does that actually mean? So today we have Mercedes-Benz Vans' Rich Weber, who's the general manager of marketing, and Nicolette, I'm not going to pronounce this correctly, but I'm going to try, Lambrecht, who is the general manager of sales operations, joining us. Uh, welcome, guys. Thank you, Heidi. Good to be here. So uh, you... Hi. Good morning. Oh, there she is. Welcome, Nicolette. So you guys <laughs> had this incredible adventure. You did the zigzag back and forth, which uh, we were just talking about in the green room. My husband and I did the same thing with sort of our Global Nomad Hacks road trip. That's quite a lot of miles. How many miles did you actually go on this trip? I think it was just over 7,400 miles, and I'll let Nicolette convert that to kilometers because I know that's important on her side. But uh, <laughs> what was the total, Nicolette? It was just shy of 12,000 kilometers. Nice. So it's, it was a lot. <laughs> well, I think you've, you two have probably seen more of the country than many Americans will ever see. And I think that's such a wonderful thing because there are so many beautiful things to see across this country and, and so many interesting people from many different backgrounds. So can you give me a little bit of background? Like first, what was the motivation of this trip? Was it more like, okay, got to get out of the office, we need something to do? Or let's go show people what, you know, what these wonderful machines that we're working with are capable of? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a little bit of both. I mean, to be honest, you know, we, we obviously were cooped up working from home, living from home, the distractions of, of life. But, you know, really being the head of product, I took the advantage to say, hey, we have a unique uh, Sprinter RV in our fleet. Uh, it was just sitting there for many, many months. We use it typically for testing and in marketing purposes. Just had an idea and said, hey, what if we were to take this, you know, working from home, living from home, all the things we're doing and take it on the road. You know, we look at the business and, and I had been talking to Nicolette and her team, obviously realizing that in the space for, for sales, you know, the RV business is booming. People are really taking advantage of purchasing these units to a point that it's really been great for our business, you know, in the sense of product supply. But looking at that, I said, hey, we have one. Why don't we use it and see what our customers see? Right. So I, I had the idea and uh, I originally didn't know it was going to be a 7,400 mile trip, but I thought, hey, let's make it big. Let's see some dealers. Uh, let's talk to some customers along the way. Uh, so I asked Nicolette and I said, hey, first of all, who would be crazy enough to take a trip with me for two weeks? That's not my wife. And I pitched it to Nicolette and, and kind of cued it up to her. And she said, yes. So I think from my side, it was really just using our product to get out and, and continue business. Because, you know, our business has not stopped, as, as I mentioned. So I think it was an exciting and very unique uh, time to use our product to live in, to work in, and then test it out. So I, I don't know if, Nicolette, if your drive might have been a little different from yes. mine, but, but mine was. <laughs> so I just wanted to add, yeah, you know, for, for me, my, my motivation was a little bit similar to Rich, but more so 
me being new into the country, I, you know, I've been in the country now one year in this position and I just arrived and uh, four months into the job and then we went into lockdown. So for me, not being able to see dealers and customers being head of sales, you know, my motivation was this is a great opportunity to get out there. Firstly, to see my dealers and customers. And secondly, I have not been able to explore this country and uh, didn't expect to see 21 states in 16 days, that's for sure. But um, it was a, a great opportunity. And when Rich pitched it to me, I, I basically said to him, I have two questions only. Is his wife okay with this? And secondly, how much can I pack? <laughs> that was that was the criteria. And then we hit the road. <laughs> I love it. And I think, I mean, from what I saw, which great images, by the way, we'll make sure we put a link in there in the show notes for folks to actually follow your journey, because you guys really captured some wonderful imagery on your road trip. But you had two different vehicles that you were traveling in. And, you know, they're both slightly sized differently, but were they also kitted out differently? Can you give a little you know, each talk about the different vehicle that you were working with, because it looked like a very different experience just from the vehicle that you were traveling in as well. Yes. Yeah, so the, the, the main RV that we were in, so the setup was, was basically we had our chase vehicle, which was our Metro's getaway. But the RV was, was a pretty standard. Technically, it sleeps six fully if you convert all the beds as, as function. But I would probably say that'd be a little bit tight, but it did have a full setup for kitchen a refrigerator had a slide out, which actually had a full queen size bed space and then a full restroom with shower. And and I would say pretty much uh, capable of storing everything that we brought, including gear and, and food and that sort of thing. And then the uh, the Metris Getaway uh, is a new product for us that we launched this year, very similar to a Marco Polo product in Europe, but also the Volkswagen uh, pop top van, if you, you've seen those back in the day. So the Getaway, um, that obviously pops up. Um, the roof comes up on that and offers a sleeping platform on the top. But for that, the, the trip, we really used that van as kind of our chase and our safety vehicle. So we didn't use, utilize that as much for sleeping in, but we were using that to show dealers. As I said, it's a new product and those went uh, went live a couple of weeks ago about the same time. So dealers were really excited to see that as it's it's a, also a kind of an entry product for our smaller RV slash lifestyle piece. But uh, both both vehicles handled very well. You know, whether we were chasing or being chased, um, they kept up. And, you know, I think the best <laughs> news to report is that we had no incidents, no mechanical or technical issues, and and no one fell ill. You know, whether that was from bad dining at, uh, you know, roadside food stops or, <laughs> or the pandemic. So it was really good. Well, that's great. So there was actually another person or people that were following you taking pictures or were you each driving one mm -hmm. of the vehicles? Yeah, so so we did have both vehicles, and we we brought along with us uh, two folks from our agencies, so social media, and also kind of a facilitator for events. So those folks basically, we really rotated in the driving, so we all really drove uh, both products at some point. But the uh, the activations we call them uh, at the dealership. So when we would do these outdoor tailgate style meetings, those folks would uh, document obviously all the good imagery that you shot that you saw. And then also set up all of the, the the tables, the chairs, the awnings, and also take care of the safety pieces for being able to do this. So the masks, the, the signing of the waivers, the hand sanitizer. So we basically had a crew that supported us. So, you know, Nicolette could, could truly be out talking to dealers and to customers. And then, you know, 
as marketing. Mm-hmm. I just make it look pretty on the internet, on the internet right? Yeah, so. no, absolutely. <laughs> and, and it's fun to hear that because, I mean, I, as we talked about a little bit in the green room, I spent some years working at Chrysler Europe. And there I was working with the sales team. I was working initially and in doing their internet strategy, but then also started working with some of their training in the sales department. And we got to do a lot of that interaction with the dealers. And the dealers just love it when then they can get sort of that hands-on experience and the walkthrough. And I mean, it really makes a big difference when they get a sense that the company really cares about you know how they feel about the vehicle and to get that feedback. Nicolette, I'm curious, sort of, you were saying that part of your motivation was to get out there and meet the dealers and to see sort of things in action. What were some of your takeaways from that? Yeah, you know, from my perspective, you know, being in sales in the automotive world, you know, we are, I grew basically up in this organization and in automotive. And for me, it's always been, you know, you are trained that you need to be in front of your dealers and customers, you know, especially in commercial vehicles. It's all about relationships. And it was quite challenging, you know, with the new environment, trying to build relationships with our dealers, although it it works and you are able to do WebEx calls or Skype calls or whatever you want to do and video calls. But it was really fantastic to actually firstly see the facility because I've only seen maybe pictures. You maybe speak to the guys on the phone. So two things for me was really that came out was the dealers were also craving some personal attention and personal one-on-one time. So being able to go and see them face-to-face, obviously with all protocols and social distancing, but it made a big difference just in terms of having that face-to-face conversation with them, seeing the facility, hearing from them the challenges, because once you're there in front of them, a lot of topics come up that in a normal just meeting would probably not come up. So for me, it was it was really fantastic to be able to just spend the time with them, get to know them firstly, see what they look like. You know, if you can see how much somebody looks like if you only see the eyes, but uh, with masks on. But it was it was really great. I really enjoyed it. I think the dealers really appreciated it, as well as all the customers we saw along the way. Absolutely. And that was sort of where I was going to go next, because I think what we've really seen, I mean, our listeners are not necessarily looking for commercial vehicles, and yet there's a huge demand and surge in people looking at, wait a minute, maybe this is the vehicle that I want, because it gives me the ability to, you know, to go see the world, to go see, you know, I mean, if it's Europe, you can go cross borders. If you're in in the U.S., this is this is a very big country. There's a lot of wonderful things to see, a lot of amazing yes. people to meet, a lot of different foods and cuisines. And I mean, it's a really incredible experience, but we want to do it safely. And the, one of the safest ways that we can do that is to control our environment. And so there's sort of this surge of, I'll get an RV, but RVs generally, you know, sort of the traditional RVs, you know, they're not that convenient to drive around town, quite frankly. And they're, you know, they're hard to park. And Mm -hmm. maybe you can't take them like a lot of you have been listening, have seen some of the images from our trip. And we were taking beautiful pictures on the edge of Badlands boondocking. And, you know, you don't see any other RVs out there, but we did see some Sprinter vans. So what I'm curious Mm -hmm. is with that change in demographic, how does that, that must change sort of how you you deal with your sales and your sales force has to adapt to this different type of customer and also the demands of that customer. What have you seen in terms of changes there? 
So what we have seen is, so we've always had a really good relationship and customer base with the RV industry within the U.S. and in Canada, of course. We share a lot of customers across border, and it's always been a really good, stable environment. And this year, we have just seen in conversations with all these customers that people have just all migrate. you know, they say 50% of their buyers are new buyers, people that have never owned an RV. So they'll start maybe smaller with the caravan-like type ones and then look at the RVs like our Sprinter products, which is, you know, easy to drive, you know, considering, um, you know, I think Rich got a little bit scared on some of the times that I was driving. <laughs> I could see on his face, but I didn't. Uh, we have, came back with no accidents, no dents, no nothing. <laughs> so <laughs> it was It's quite easy and comfortable to drive. I have a new respect for our product and the safety features on our product, just how it handles on the road. So I think a lot of customers coming into that new space are looking at something that is easier to drive. And then I can also say, you know, in some of the campsites we stayed, we met up with some customers that have our products that also pull a small vehicle behind it. Because like you said, the RV is maybe where you sleep and it's your home. And if you want to go and do some sightseeing or run around town or go buy groceries, you know, a lot of guys or a lot of people are pulling a small vehicle behind, which our vehicle is able to do. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of interest and it's a definitely a big segment for us this year and going into next. Do you find there's changes because that demographic is slightly changing and a lot of them are new buyers? Do they have different expectations or demands on for example, I know a lot of the people in the podcasting community say, hey, I want to go hit the road. Well, they want to go hit the road, but they need very, you know, they need reliable connectivity, you know, so they, and, and it can't be just sort of the hot spot in the car. They need sort of a super powered antenna. You know, they need to be able to have sound control. So maybe more, you know, acoustic control in their environment. But that's very specific to podcasters. But for others that are, you know, planning on both working and living in these vehicles, has it changed in ter- or have you seen a change in terms of the demands of features in the vehicles? So I think, Heidi, I'll take that a little bit when we're talking about the product. I think looking at, you know, internet connectivity and, and that sort of thing, that's something we experienced. And with, you know, with the Sprinter, we offer that with, with Wi-Fi on board. But I think we're, we're definitely exploring what it means to be versatile in the space. And I, I think for us, you know, we did take the RV, but we also took the, the, the Metris uh, Weekender as well. And, and looking at that, you know, I think for us, this trip was very much a exploratory trip as well, because, you know, while we do know a lot about the RV space and we've been very successful there, we have seen that shift and the customers basically are also shifting over to, to, to that other. And, and, and I don't know what yet to classify it as, and, you know, we use van life in a very, uh, broad basis, but right now we're we're basically trying to understand what that space is, and I think the Metris is giving us that insight. But also many of our other Sprinter products, with you know some of our partners that do upfits just on the base van and not the RV. The technology is certainly a piece of that, and I think if you would have looked at our business, you know, many years ago, even though we were successful and are successful in RV space, we were focused on the the commercial you know trades type business. And I think for us, you know, this this trip was was really exciting because we see firsthand what the customer is doing with our product, what they need with the product. And I think to answer your question, we'll continue to kind of hone in on that 
to understand what technology comes with that because we do, you know, as Mercedes-Benz globally, we are a, a very advanced company and we do offer a lot of things. If you look at our, our S-Class or E-Class products, it's some of the most, you know, highly technological driven vehicles in the, in the industry. But at the end of the day, not all of that transfers over to our other products yet. And I think if you look at some of our products in Europe, there are more products that transfer and have that technology. But for us, we really want to make sure that we we don't just throw a bunch of things into the van because, as you said, for the podcaster, that's a very unique set, but there's a lot of different, very unique setups. And I think we can capture with some general um, general product enhancements. But that was a part of the trip, right? Understanding for our own selves, you know, how was it like to work in the van? Was the internet connection good? You know, could we do that while driving down the road? Did it change? But also, as you said, the acoustics, I mean, I will tell you, the RV going, you know, 65 to 75 miles an hour down the road. It's hard to do a Zoom call on the back of that. But knowing that now, you would maybe bring something different to be able to do that. But I think those are just a few examples of, you know, what our customers and what our partners are experiencing on the road. And it's really exciting to now kind of take the feedback and have those those customer touch points. And, you know, as they had a product, be able to pull that information in and, and kind of a real life you know, it's not just a market strategy uh, discussion or study anymore. It's, you know, I met this customer and this is what they do with our van. Therefore, now we can make those enhancements. And that's really exciting for, for us. And I think the more we're open to do, doing that for the market, I think the more customers will see that as we adapt, they adapt to our brand as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, you know, I'm a big fan of Mercedes. I drive one myself. I have I'm an old school driver, though. I love having old cars. I have a, a 2004 CLK that I sort of inherited from somebody else. And one thing I'm always surprised by is that the technology in my 2004 is really more advanced than, you know, my daughter's car, which is, you know, it's only a year old, but it's, you know, it's a Subaru. It's totally, you know, it's fine. But some of the technology in there, the only thing I had to update was basically to add, you know, take out the cigarette lighter and add, you know, a two USB port so that I could charge everything and then added a Bluetooth connection. But there's, Mercedes has always been so much further ahead with simple things like, you know, keyless entry and, you know, all of that, which I, I just love and, and I really do appreciate. So one other thing I wanted to ask you about, because I think I've seen this, this movement with, particularly with the younger generation, I have two Gen Z kids and I hear this sort of wave with a lot of them around tiny houses. Right. And sort of, you know, I don't want all of this big stuff and I want something that's mobile. Mm. When you're looking at sort of how you, uh, you know, sort of the basic needs when you're, you know, kidding out these spaces, are you influenced at all? Are you following what's happening in the tiny house space? I would say in general, yes. I mean, I, as part of product, I'm also over our, what we call our master solutions, uh, master upfitter program. And with those, we have over 100 upfitters that basically do a variety of upfits, a lot of them commercial, but also getting into the space of um, nothing quite tiny home yet, but there's a lot of interest there. And I think for us, you know, for the, for the base vehicle, we do factor in, you know, what technology and what wiring schematics and requirements are needed to do most of the upfits, whether that's dual battery or battery placement or those types of things in the vehicle, but also being able to offer a platform that DIYers or the upfitters can easily adapt what they want to the van. So when you look at the tiny house kind of development, that's very interesting. Um, as someone who's pretty crafty myself, you know, I've often considered doing that myself, you know, on a van. 
but it's 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 quite an art. So I would say the folks that have done it and done it well, it's very impressive. I would love to see an upfitter that has the passion um, that could join us and we could have a, a Mercedes version of that. We're not there yet, but I would say as far as the platform, very comfortable to say that if you know the, the, the big RV manufacturers feel comfortable to put you know the units they do on our, our platform, certainly the DIYer is is ready for our product as well. So um, and having seen some of those, they're doing phenomenal jobs. And I think that's, again, for us, it's learning kind of a, a, a new new space for us. You know, we don't know that as a manufacturer, but the folks who do it well, and we're interested to learn how we can adapt to that as well. Very cool. I'm curious a little bit more on sort of the technical piece of the vehicle and sort of where we're all going. Obviously, climate change is something we're all concerned about. There's a big move towards, you know, hybrids and electrics and you know, everybody's getting involved, but where are you at in terms of, is this something that is a future for this, the, uh, the vans? Because I, I haven't seen any hybrids there yet, or unless I've missed it. Yeah. So the short answer is absolutely. So we, we will not be bringing a hybrid, so to, uh, so to speak, into the market. Electric via, uh, vehicle or electric van, we will. With that, you know, I, I think a, an interesting thing that came up during our trip was really where you know, how far, I guess we talk about range, right? Mm -hmm. So how far can we go in the electric vehicle or electric van today? And and what will be the requirement of the customer in in the next five to 10 years? So one, we want to make sure we bring the right spec unit to the market. You know, having been in in a van that was partially driven by electric, whether it was the uh, the, the refrigerator, the lights, or the air conditioning, there definitely are some concerns from my side, having been on the road for 16 days and, and using those and having to plug in at night to charge Definitely something we want to make sure we get right because last thing we want is a customer to buy a, a van of their dreams and convert it and all of a sudden it, it won't stay, quote unquote, off the grid as long as they had hoped. Um, so I think with that, you know, there's a piece that we uh, we definitely are still researching. We have a lot of teams that are doing market studies, but also technology deep dives to make sure what we bring to the U.S. is appropriate for a variety of things because, you know, as we, we already know, um, not all of our customers are, are van lifers or enthusiasts. Uh, we do use these for trades. So we have to look at payload and overall capacity of the vehicle as well. Well, that's very exciting. I'll be keeping an eye out for that because that's something that we've, my husband and I have talked about it ourselves after our road trip. And we said, I mean, next time we want to do it with an electric vehicle. And we actually were looking at a Sprinter and then we said, well, not quite there yet. You know, it's, we've got to wait, you know, we're sort of waiting for the next vehicle because we want to go electric. Am I? Husband works That's more great. in the sustainability field. He's like, I can't really justify spending that much gas getting a- around. It's sort of counter to everything yeah. that he does, which I totally get and, and appreciate. So you guys had this incredible adventure. You got any highlights that really stood out for you of your experience <laughs> and, uh, you know, or any funny stories? What, what was sort of some of those special <laughs> things that you oh, that, that you're allowed stories. to share, <laughs> of course? <laughs> <laughs> I know, hard to pick. Um, I know, but you know, for me, I'll go first. You know, highlights as well was um, you know being able to see the country and just drive across it, and just getting a, a understanding for how vast um, the U.S. is and how different the landscapes are. You know, there's been there there was absolutely phenomenal landscapes that we saw. You know, if I think. My highlights for me was obviously Colorado, Utah, and Arizona, which was just spectacular. Beautiful. 
I think the most frightening experience I had was driving uh, through that one Colorado National, what is it called, Monument Park, mm -hmm. um, which was taking an RV through those little narrow roads going through that. Uh, and as luck would have it, I was behind the wheel. So poor Rich had to um, <laughs> also just be quiet and see me uh, concentrate through there. But overall, you know, from a, from a professional and, a, and a more on a personal note, it was an unbelievable experience. I said to Rich when we were done, I said, you know, me and him also started on this journey as colleagues. Halfway through, we became friends. And when by the time we got back, I think we're family. You know, we, we know more about each other than uh, a lot of other people do. <laughs> For, oh, yeah, it was it was just incredible. For sure, doing it uh, traveling together is one of the best ways or or worst ways to get to know someone. You certainly find yes. out whether yes. you're a good travel companions. I'm glad it worked out for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could have gone a lot. It could have gone completely wrong, but it did not. It uh, it worked out perfectly. Rachel, I don't know if you want to add anything there. Yeah, I mean, I I totally agree with what Nicolette says. I think from my side, Heidi, it really is. You know, I've been lucky and fortunate enough to grow up here in the States and, you know, going almost uh, my 40th year here. I've never done a trip that size. I've, of course, flown into probably every big city there is. Um, but to do it in, in a vehicle, and I think for me, you know, a little pride in our brand to be able to do it in our vehicle. Um, I've always said, I've been with the organization only five years, uh, but I've said since day one, you know, when I see people that are utilizing our product for work, that's exciting. That's a tool. That's an avenue to, to, to hone their craft. Um, but what I really get impressed with, and it, it blows me away, is when I see people living in our product, right? So, you know, not all of them are RVs. Uh, many of them are DIY vans. Um, but even on this trip, we met, you know, a person that, that we will probably bring on as, an, as a, a partner in the future. Um, but essentially, he lives in our product, right? He and his dog, and, and he is one of, of thousands that I know of. Um, and I think for me, you know, when we look at our passenger car uh, products and we look at our van products, you know, everyone has a story about their vehicle. And I think for me, I've said it since day one, there's no bigger story than the person who lives in their vehicle. You know, and that sounds negative if you don't put it in context, but in the sense of we have people that buy our product and think it's so great, they actually put their whole life in it. For me, as the owner of the product here in the States, I think that's very exciting. And to have the opportunity for this trip to get out and meet some of those folks to understand, one, as you asked in the beginning, guess what was the motivation to do that? Um, two, how have they sustained that lifestyle? And two, what do they enjoy about it? And man, those stories are so exciting because, you know, they're, they're all so very different. And I think for me, while seeing the country was absolutely phenomenal, we saw some things that I, I, I've only seen on postcards and, and may only see in postcards again, depending on, you know, if I ever get to do this again. But I think for me, it was really the people uh, along the way that we met. And I think including Nicolette, as she said, you know, traveling anywhere, um, 7,400 miles with anyone, I think even a spouse or a best friend is a challenge. And I, I think uh, I speak for both of us when we say neither one of us really knew what we were getting into when we set out on day one. Uh, but to say, you know, it's a social experiment that I would say I, I very happily would do again uh, with Nicolette, preferably not 7,400 miles. Um, but, you know, you get to know people. And I think as I, I come home and I, I look at the next step of, you know, where do we take the product and where do we take our business? Um, there's a lot of heartfelt discussions and a lot of real life uh, scenarios that we take into these boardroom meetings. 
and we can say, hey, this is what really happens out there. You know, we, we all become victim of PowerPoints and theories and strategies, but it's really nice when you can take that customer view. And in this case, you know, Nicolette and I become a customer and we say, well, here's what really happens when you get on the road, when you're on that little road in your RV and you're 8,000 feet up, scared to death. The vehicle took care of us, right? And, and it's nice to, to be able to say that and stand behind your product. You know, yeah. we, we've all worked for, for companies that, um, you know, we've, we've done great jobs for. But for me, you know, going into the next phase of whether it's EV or the future of, of transportation, it's good to know that I'm with a brand that I absolutely can say, hey, it took care of me out on the road. I've never been with anyone or in anything for 7,400 miles except the Mercedes now. So that'll stick with me. You know, when I'm old and have grandkids and, and they're tired of hearing my stories, I will talk about this story and it will always have a special place. So I think, you know, being able to continue that for folks who buy our products and maybe do similar or even more extreme um, adventures in that, that's really exciting. So I think uh, the whole trip, you know, it is exciting, but really being able to come home and tell the story. And that's why this is exciting for me today um, to share this with you and, and your listeners, because I know there are many, many other stories out there that, that we would love to hear and, and kind of, you know, get, get an understanding of, of why customers do business with us and what they enjoy about their product, because it can only get better. And, and that's really exciting. For sure. Well, we're so glad that that you guys are out there and you have had that experience because I think there's nothing better than really, you know, having the user experience yourself when you when it comes to, you know, advancing a product or just really, you know, you have to really feel your product and feel the user experience in order to understand how to improve it or, you know, or maybe it doesn't need to be. So I think it's it's really exciting what you guys are doing and I hope you I hope you're going to do more of it in the future because I think that there's much more of the country to see, but there's also, you know, many more different ways that it can be applied. And I'm really excited to see how that evolves. I'm seeing such a momentum with both my listeners and also listening to my kids and the adventures that they want to do and their peers. And they're all saying, hey, you know, I'm going to go and, you know, my son is a surfer and he's, so I want to just drive down the coast and go surf. And he, you know, he does, he does all of his work and school on his computer. So he's like, as long as I have a hotspot, I'm good. He's like, I can just park and mm -hmm. go surf in the morning and then go work and then go, you know, he's like, it doesn't matter. Um, and I think he's not alone. There's many, many that want to do that. And, and then you have empty nesters like my husband and I, who hopefully after this quarantine, we'll go back to being empty nesters where we <laughs> you know, can do the same thing. And I think people are realizing that they're untethered. And that, that all of a sudden, this, uh, you know, COVID, that's been, I guess, the gift of COVID-19 and the, the lockdown is that we realize we don't have to sit in an office. Uh, we don't have to be tied to a physical mm -hmm. space in order to accomplish the things that we need to get done. And so what are those spaces that can accommodate our needs, but also provide us a new landscape, an opportunity to, to see the world, to see our own country? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think about where I'm sitting right now. I'm on the coast of California, and I haven't even explored the entire coast of California. I mean, we're in, you know, we're in Northern California, but there's this beautiful expanse of, you know, Highway 1 that goes up north. And I've been up and down sort of between L.A., many times, but there's a lot of things in the middle. And I, I've never been to Yosemite, which is a shame. I mean, can't I've, I've lived in California for five years and never did, done Yosemite. So there's so much more to see and, and the different ways that we can do that and also 
do our work and also get all of those things that we need to get done. And it seems like you guys are really hitting that sweet spot where you're you're providing people with the the space to get that done and to to achieve that in comfort <laughs> in for, for the most part in comfort i mean obviously you know there's the whole spectrum of comfort what do you see where do where would you like to do your next trip i'm curious i'll leave that up to you nicolette where do you <laughs> we were saying where would you like to see next and i'm particularly curious about oh we seem to have lost nicolette uh, hopefully she'll get back on but um, I'm curious to see where she wants to go because it's always nice to see from an expat's viewpoint what's the exciting part of the U.S. And, and you probably got to see some of the U.S. through her eyes, which yeah, I, I think you know she just she just joined me, so I'll let her respond on her thing. I think for me, you know, the, the place I don't know. I think I would take a di- different route this time and just kind of go more northeast um, because we have a different customer base up there as well. But as far as a, a destination. You know, I, I I love the beach and the sand, so I will always pick somewhere sunny for myself. But um, I think from a product standpoint, I would love to see um, more of, of our products and how they perform in the snow and the ice and the hills. Um, because, you know, while we did hit the whole country, we didn't really run into anything other than a lot of rain. So I think for me, that would be um, that would be the, the next place. Of course, I'd love to pack it on a boat and go over to a another part of uh, the world. And I think a lot of our customers do that. So, um, but maybe Nicolette, what do you think as far as uh, where you would like to go? Yeah. You know, what I've seen has just been incredible. I do think if I do this again, I'll do it a little bit slower and not as fast paced because um, there were days where everything kind of just blended in and we went through three states in, in one day. But I do also think that to do this again in different weather conditions, um, Rich mentioned rain. We had one of the worst rainstorms I've ever experienced that I was driving through. And as luck would have it again, I was behind the wheel. So. <laughs> but yeah, I would like to see the vehicle handle itself in different weather conditions. Um, we had perfect weather apart from a couple of uh, wind and rain. And I would like to you know, explore the rest of the U.S., I think see what the rest of the country holds and but I would definitely do it a little slower <laughs> maybe be able to spend a little bit more time in different areas but uh, yeah I'm just it, it was incredible and I would love to do it again well I'm excited to hear for your to track your next journey and if you need a podcaster to come along let me know because I awesome. love exploring the country have driven across it many times but always love seeing it with fresh eyes and certainly back in my college days, was not nearly as comfortable as going in a sprinter van. It was more um, <laughs> sleeping in my Jeep. Not necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> recommend that. <laughs> but anyway, it has been such a pleasure having you two on the show. And thank you so much for sharing your journey and your, your products. And we look forward to sharing them with our guests today. And just keep on doing what you're doing, because uh, it's a great product. And I think there's going to be more and more need for it, even after COVID, because people are really discovering the beauty and the gift of remote work Mm -hmm. and that there's so much more to see in the world and so many more wonderful people to meet, too. So I'm grateful that I was able to meet you both and uh, look forward to seeing where your adventures take you next. So thank you for joining us today. And thank you, Global Nomads, for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of the great upcoming episodes. 
And if you enjoyed today's show, I always appreciate a rating and review. Let us know so that we can share it and give you a little love back. We'll catch you next time on the road. Bye-bye for now.